This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. The title of this message, Absent from the Body. Sometimes when I'm talking to someone and looking for an opportunity to try to get a word about Jesus to them, sometimes uh, I'll ask them questions as they tell me about their life and maybe the goals they have set for themselves and they'll be talking and then they'll pause and I'll say, and then what? And then they'll say, well, you know, I hope to get married and maybe have a family, you know, do the normal things. And then I'll say, and then what? Say, well, you know, I, I need to get a good job. I need to put money back so that when I get to the retirement years, I'll have enough money to keep moving forward, even though I'm retired. And then I'll say, and then what? And most of the time they'll say, well, me and my wife, we hope to travel across the United States. I had someone tell me that just yesterday. When he retires, he and his wife are going to buy an RV. They're going to travel to the United States. And then I'll say, and then what? And eventually they will say, well, I guess then I'll die. And then I'll, one more time I'll say, and then what? And it gets them to thinking, what happens after you die? You see, we have a habit. We won't let ourselves think about it. But what happens when you pass away? Then what? So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to read a passage here that talks about our physical body. Then we're going to look at some verses that talk about your soul and your spirit. You see, your physical body, the material part of you, is readily available and visible. Everybody can see your body. But you also have a spirit and you also have a soul inside the body and it's invisible. Nobody can see it. But you know that it's there. You see, you can't see the wind, but you can see the activity of the wind in the trees. But you cannot see the wind. People can be around you and listen to you and watch you and it tells them about who you are inside, in your soul, and in your spirit. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8, he says, For we know that if our earthly house, talking about our body, he calls it our earthly house or a tent, he says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
So if you're taking notes this morning, number one, death is certain. Death is certain. Curiosity about what happens after death has caused over human history, it has brought about strange superstitions and speculations about what happens when you die. Yet God has given us all the information we need from God's Word what, about what life is all about and what happens after death. But people tend to completely ignore the only one who knows the answers, Jehovah God of the Bible. People can live their whole life and they will say, you know, I've never really read the Bible. I love to read, but I've never read the Bible. My friend, listen, I would encourage you, make first and foremost the reading of the Word of God. If you want to know what happens after death, absent from this body, my friend, the answers are in the Word of God. You see, mankind, human beings, are superior to other forms of life in that he is an immortal person. You say, yeah, but you're talking about death. Now you're talking about immortality. Well, keep listening. You see, plant life has body. Animals have body. Animals have self-consciousness. But when they die, they are gone forever. I saw in two different places on the interstate on my way down here of a dog that had been hit and is dead and bloated. But it ceases to exist. The Bible teaches us that mankind has a spirit, a soul, and a body. The spirit and soul make up the person. And so when a person dies, his soul and spirit lives on eternally. Pay close attention because I'm going to give you an answer to what happens when you die. When you're absent from the body, what happens to you? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole, notice, spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What He's saying here in the Word is not only do you have a body that we can see, but the immaterial part of you, your spirit and your soul, is in your body. We can't see it. But when we listen to you talk and we watch you walk and relate to other people, it tells us about your spirit and your soul by the way you are. And then also in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Here's another passage saying, soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice again in verse 1 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What did it say? For we know that if our earthly house, and he says this tent, in other words, if you can just picture a house or picture a tent and make that as symbolic of a body. He said in verse 4 of uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, For we who are in this tent groan. 
I was with a good friend just earlier today. I just mentioned him already. He said, Chris, I am ready for the Lord to take me home. He's in his early 80s. He loves the Lord. He's lived a full life. But he said, I'm ready to just go be with Jesus. You ever have those days where you had this feeling, I'm ready to just go be with Jesus? So, your body is this tent, this earthly house. You can say then, our bodies are only our earth suit. In other words, I've got an earth suit, but one day this earth suit will stay here. My spirit and my soul will go to one of two places. We're here for a little while, and then we're gone. And with this physical body, we can relate to our environment. But then the Bible says, we saw it in these two verses, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 and Hebrews 4.12, the Bible also says you not only have your body, you have your spirit. And that is that which can comprehend spiritual things. God consciousness. You see, animals do not have that. You and I have a consciousness in our spirit where we can either say yes to the one who created me or we can say no to him. And you know one day, if you're eternally separated from God, it won't be somebody else's fault. It'll be your fault. You have to believe while you're still alive. And so we have a God consciousness. Your conscience is in your spirit where you can commune with God. And then the Bible says we have a soul. This is your self-consciousness. This is where your mind, will, and emotions are. You see, God created man in his own image. This is why we are different than plants and animals. We're higher beings. Adam and Eve were the first humans. And they were perfect until they sinned. They chose to disobey God and they lost their spiritual perfection and their relationship with God. Their physical bodies were now cursed with sorrow and toil and death. You remember when they sinned, the Spirit of God went out of their spirit. They still had a body, they still had a soul, they still had a spirit, but the Holy Spirit left them when they sinned because God can't be in the presence of sin. So, God said, work the garden. Toil began. Their physical bodies began to die a little at a time. There was sadness that came in to their hearts and their lives. That's what happened to them, and they were the first parents of all of, of human beings. So, physical death. The word death means separation. When a person dies, his spirit and soul leave the body. The body goes into the grave and turns into dust until the resurrection. You know, I've done a lot of funerals in this city. And you know, being at a funeral is very, very real. After you do the service in the chapel, then you go out to the cemetery, and there's already a six-foot hole dug for the body. And everybody is in complete agreement that that body is going to go into that grave in that casket. And then, when all family and friends are gone, a man will simply drive up 
with a front end loader, scoop up the dirt, and pour it on top of the casket. Six foot of dirt goes on top. That happens every single day in this city. Somewhere it's always happening. Everybody agrees with it. Six foot down. Hebrews 9.27 says this, And as it is appointed for men to die once, this appointment for death is appointed by God. The same one who created you in your mother's womb already knows how many days you'll live. It's appointed. It's already set. It's appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. How many times have you stood at a hospital bed and you watched someone pass away and you felt that last breath blow across your cheek? I felt it many, many times. Many times in this city, in hospitals all around this city. People breathing their last breath. I was with someone just Sunday and spent 30 minutes or so. And then I heard they passed away 3 o'clock in the morning yesterday. Absent from that body. Present with the Lord. A godly woman. Loved the Lord. Had a radio program. The same station that I'm on, 6.40 a.m. She had her own radio program. She's now absent from the body. She's present with the Lord. And if you could ask her to come back, she'd say, no way, I'm waiting on you to get here. That's what she would say. But it is appointed for men to die once. Physical death is very real, and all of us are faced with it. It's going to happen. But not only is there physical death, the physical body dies, but the Bible teaches there is a spiritual death. According to God's Word, all of us were born spiritually dead. The reason you have to teach a child how to behave is because they come into this world knowing how to misbehave. That is what the Bible calls sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man, talking about Adam, the first man, sin entered the world and death through sin. You say, well, where did death come from? Romans chapter 5 tells us, when Adam and Eve sinned, that's when death came in. Their physical body began to die from that point forward. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says this, You he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, when you pray and ask Christ to come into your heart, He makes you alive spiritually. Prior to you becoming alive spiritually, the Bible says you're spiritually dead. So when you hear someone curse all day long, when you see someone steal from other people all day long, and you talk to them and it does not bother them at all, that is a sign that they're spiritually dead and they're without Christ. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. I was dead in my trespasses and sins until the age of six when I prayed and asked Christ to come into my heart. 
Have you lived a perfect life, Chris? No, I have not. Have you lived a perfect life? No, you have not. But we should have a holy desire to walk with the Lord and not sin. That should be in us if we're children of God. You say, well, it just doesn't bother me. You must be born again before you physically die, my friend. Don't put it off. Violence in our city is out the roof like never before. People are getting shot. People are wrecking their cars on the interstate, causing multiple pileups. People are dying who are innocent. They're dying because of violence. My friend, listen, I wouldn't live a skinny second without knowing for certain that I'm a child of God. Because you don't know when that day is going to come where you're physically going to pass away. So, our first point was, number one, death is certain. Second point is this, death and common confusions. I'm going to name some common confusions about death that you may have heard when you were young. I'm going to mention those. The first one is this, annihilation. Some people have taught for many years, when you physically die, that is the end of you, you disappeared. The Bible does not teach that, my friend. Physically, your body goes to the grave. Your spirit and your soul lives forever, somewhere. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Some people like to think, well, when I die, I'm dying, that's the end of it. I've heard many men say that. Let me tell you, that is a lie straight out of hell. You do not cease to live. Physical body, dead. Your spirit and your soul lives forever. Do not think that you're annihilated because that will just make it easier not to walk with God and obey Him in all your ways. He says, those who die without Christ shall be punished with everlasting destruction. Everlasting means it never ends. That means... Your spirit and your soul does not cease to exist. You could live your own way and not suffer any consequences if annihilation is true, but the Bible simply does not teach it. The Bible does not say that man ceases to exist at death. There are many places in the Bible where the word destroy and destruction are used without meaning annihilation. Jesus said in Mark, Chapter 9, verses 42 through 48. Listen to what Jesus said. The one who died on the cross for you and me, listen to what he said. He said, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands. To go to hell into the fire, listen, that shall never be quenched. The fire is eternal. It doesn't end. And those who go into hell fire, my friend, I love you, so listen, you don't burn up and then you're gone. You're in there forever and it never stops. That is what the Bible teaches. It says, to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. They don't die, and the fire never stops. Verse 45, Jesus said, And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. 
It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire, listen, that shall never be quenched. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. So, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Right here, just in this passage, five times he says, hell never ends. He's saying that when you physically die, your spirit and your soul either goes to heaven or hell, but you live eternally. You never cease to exist. Have you noticed you're getting older? You're dying. It's what it is. You're dying. We're all dying. Some people believe in what's called soul sleep. Some people say, no, you're just annihilated. Don't worry about it. Have a good life because this is it. No. You're going to live eternally somewhere when you physically die. Some people believe in what's called soul sleep, that we simply sleep until the resurrection of the dead. This view comes from a wrong interpretation of 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Paul said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. This does not mean that we will sleep until Jesus comes. This is Paul's gentle way of explaining to loved ones the death of a believer. Remember, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said to the Father on the cross when he was crucified, he said, Into thy hands I commit my spirit, not I will sleep and then come to you. Uh, when he said to the thief, Today you'll be with me in paradise, he didn't say, You're going to go to sleep and then you're going to go. He said, Today. My friend, listen, when you physically die, immediately your spirit and soul either goes to heaven or hell, and your physical body will be put in the ground by family and friends or authorities in charge. Remember Stephen when he was being stoned. He cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He did not go to sleep first, and then God received his spirit. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Think about what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. The Apostle Paul, he was one of the ones who watched Stephen being stoned. And then he was converted on the Damascus road. Paul said this, For me to live is Christ, and to die is what? Gain. You say, well, what's positive about dying? If you're a child of God, my friend, you're released from this earthly tent. You're released from these troubled physical bodies. Your spirit and your soul goes into heaven and you'll never want to leave that place because you can't leave that place. It is a very positive thing. Paul said in uh, Philippians 1, he says, But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And then 2 Corinthians 5.8, Paul says this, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. So some people believe that you're annihilated. You just cease to exist. Some people believe that you go to sleep 
And then eventually you go be with Jesus. And then some people believe in what's called an intermediate state. And if you grew up Catholic, they believe in what's called purgatory. It's an intermediate state that you go to. But that's also wrong. They believe that you go into purgatory, this intermediate state, where you suffer for your sins and priests and loved ones and friends pray you out. That can't be right. Because if that could be the case, Jesus died on the cross in vain. He died on the cross for our sins because that was the only way to pay the price for sin. For people to pray for you while you're in purgatory and eventually you get out. Uh, that's not scriptural. Jesus is the only door to heaven. It's through his death. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, not through purgatory. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That includes the work of purgatory, which is really is not even a place that exists. There's a heaven and there's a hell. There's no other place. So third point is this. What happens when you die? What happens? For the saved person, a person who's believed and put their trust in Christ, their spirit and soul go to the immediate presence of the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.8, We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Philippians 1.23, For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is much better. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's what happens upon death for a child of God. Chris, what about a person who's lost? A person who's still without Christ. What happens to them? Their spirit and soul go to immediate torment. And so I want to read something to you. I want to read to you what Jesus said. And I'm not going to add any words to it. This is what Jesus said about this subject. So therefore, it is what will happen. You know the one who was born in a manger, this Jesus. The one we saw healed the sick, the one who loved the little children, the one who said to the woman caught in adultery, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. This kind, loving, and compassionate Jesus, the one who died for you and me so we could have a home in heaven and never experience the awfulness of hell, I want to read you what the kind, loving Lord Jesus, who is God, I want to read you the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and then we'll conclude. In Luke 16, 19 through 31, this is what Jesus said, word for word. The one who died on the cross to give you a home in heaven so you don't have to go to a place called hell. This is what he said. The one who died for you as your substitute. This is what he said. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He was rich living high, wide, and handsome. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. 
So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And listen to this. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and he saw Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Hell is real. Notice, he's burning, but he's talking still. And it, he's still there to this day in these flames. He said, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. My friend, listen. I love you, so listen. Heaven's real and hell's real. They're eternal. Heaven will never end. Hell can never end. The Bible's very clear on this. What happens after death? Then what? You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.